Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Cosmic Circle, the official podcast of the Cosmic Circus. On today's episode, we will be discussing HBO's The Last of Us. We have had an exciting nine episodes. This first season is over, and we are so excited to talk about it. My name is Brian Kitson, head writer at the Cosmic Circus, and joining me today are my fellow podcast hosts and officials, uh, Anthony and Isla. How are we doing today? Uh, doing great tonight. <laughs> um, really Don't speak at once. I, no, I know. <laughs> no, we're I being know. polite to each other. It's just, it's Monday, you know, we do this on Sunday, so I think everyone's got the Monday blues going into it, but no, we're doing good. I'm always excited to talk with you guys and and very interested to see where we we end up on this one. Well, not only that, it's Monday after daylight savings time. So I feel like we're all just a little bit off kilter anyway. Um, I'm Isla, by the way, and I'm very excited to be here. And after Brian gave that official announcement, I totally feel like I need a like an official Cosmic Circus uniform or something. We're getting t-shirts just work just don't 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 wait too long no <laughs> um, i wanted to make pins yeah. we should have pins but let's get started you know let's not waste any time uh the last of us is over nine episodes about an hour apiece um that told the first chapter of the story of joel and ellie played by pedro pascal and bella ramsey um I'm going to, you know, throw myself under the bus a little bit. I have not really played the game. I've seen the game played before. So I kind of had an idea of what to expect. I did buy the game after I started watching, like every other poser. Um, (laughs) But I have a lot of thoughts about this series. And I kind of want to know where we, where our minds are at now that the whole season is over. So I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on this series well i want to say too uh, you know i just want to put it out there that i haven't played the game either i have played many other similar post-apocalyptic games like fallout but i've never played the last of us um so i really appreciated um being able to enjoy the story for you know just the television medium and not having that kind of um i don't want to say baggage but i guess i'm going to say baggage of, of the game attached to attached to me um i I loved it. I loved how it was just this really riveting, um, I guess, like relationship drama that, you know, happened to take place in in a world with crazy fungus people. <laughs> no, that that's a great, that's a great answer. Um, Anthony, what about you? Well, I'm in the same boat. I haven't played the game. I'm no. I'm the game. I, and I'm the gamer here. I know. But it's funny because <laughs> now I'm now that you said you pre-ordered the game, I'm so tempted to buy it because it's coming out on a remaster for PC in like two weeks. That's yes. not that's intentional. You know, I'm I'm sure that the you know the end of the series, the remaster coming out, like they timed that so people would be able to whet that appetite. Absolutely, for, they did for more. They're not that. fools, right? I, I'm I'm with it. Um, you know, I. So, what are your PC thoughts then of the the series? Of the series, I mean, I enjoy. <laughs> You guys know me well. You know I don't like, and I apologize to the listeners for saying this, but I don't like the zombie trope of anything. Like zombies mm-hmm. are just, I'm, I've always write it off. But when I saw the excitement from like all the people in Discord, on Twitter, when some of our friends got to see it and they were just like, I'm blown away by the by this two hours of television I just sat down and watched. I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I have nothing to watch right now. Mm. I'll give it a shot. That first episode, I was just like, 
I put down everything. I shut my phone off and I don't think I, I was dead to the world. It had me so grabbed during that entire time. And, and watching it every week was definitely a highlight. Like, and on Sundays, I like to turn down a little early, but I was totally okay with staying up every week to watch that. You know, what's interesting. I was gonna say, what's interesting is that I actually got to see the episodes early. Um, I didn't purposely pick this one for a screener because I was in, because I, I like was dying to see it, but I was doing it to be a Vic's backup. And so when I got the first episode in my mailbox and I got it on like a, like a Thursday, I think it was before the show came out. And I was like, okay, I have an hour break at work. I'm going to watch this. And I too was blown away by just the production value, the story, the characters, the acting. I mean, there was nothing. I could not walk away from any part of this first episode and the entire series as a whole and say, this was bad, or I didn't really like this, unless I was really starting to nitpick. I was just thought that they, they did a really good, they did a really good job adapting this game, which later on we'll talk about. That's not always the truth to video game adaptations. Ultimately, this is a genre show. And I think what what's unique about it is that, um, and, and Anthony, you mentioned a little bit, like so many people across like the whole internet were just talking about it all at the same time. And it was just like this cross wide cross section of people from, from every like just type of person. And I think, you know, it's hard not to get swept up in that in some ways and to just want to check it out and see what, what the deal is. And I think Brian also, you know, the production value is, is like so much higher than the typical genre show, not to knock, you know, things we, we, that we write about and love, but you know, at this I think I read somewhere that uh, The Last of Us had 10 to $15 million of budget per episode. And like, you can tell they use that really well. They need no. to get those accountants in other places because that was well-spent money. <laughs> I, um, I think that this is a pattern on a whole, though, with a lot of HBO shows is that it is the kind of event television that I think everybody else is trying to aim for. Mm-hmm. And you don't a, really see that. It's something that um, that Netflix could learn from because it was week after week after week okay it's sunday night or friday night that one day people are are talking about this people are all watching and you if you looked at the ratings you could see it build um and eventually i think yesterday's episode actually what 30 million people watched compared to the oscars when it was like 15 million people so that's ridiculous i didn't know that so one thing I, i i will give hbo credit they have mastered the art of becoming the water cooler talk show. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think back to those Game of Thrones day when that was like the only thing people were talking about. And you have to walk around like this, la, 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 la. Otherwise, you were going to get everything spoiled. That's what forced <laughs> me to watch the show because I'm like, I'm tired of being behind on this. And I ran into some friends this weekend uh, at a food festival. And somehow the show came up in conversation. And they're like, oh, we're sitting down every week. We can't miss an episode. Like they... They were diligent in making sure they were caught up on what was going on with the show. And then I'm seeing some of my friends on Facebook saying the same thing. They're like, man, this is great. I, I'm there every week making sure I'm watching it. So to see people that, because these people aren't video game players. I know them well. They don't play. They, if I didn't play it, it would have surprised me if they had. And then, you know, like the merits of it first were, okay, it's a video game adaptation with Pedro Pascal. Like, awesome. But like that star power of his really catapulted because people were watching for him. And then this show sold itself 
and it kept viewers because like I don't think there was much of a drop hardly if anything it was more mm -hmm. of a, a climb right it, yeah it, it was building and I want to correct something real quickly that I said I said it was 30 million people but that was over the whole series last night I think it was just 8.2 or 8.4 so I just want to say that I made that mistake but it was still freaking huge that's, wow. that's a lot of viewers that tuned in against something like the Oscars, which you know most network television does not put anything on against the Oscars. You yep. don't win, but they they won. <laughs> Another thing to note is they also were going on around the Super Bowl and they said, "All right, let's rearrange that and put it to Friday." And I don't think it took that big of a hit. Like, I mean, yes, it did. It did take a hit, but it wasn't like as detrimental as you could have assumed it would have been. You'd think it'd be so much worse. It didn't lose momentum. I will say this, that it is one of the shows as, as a therapist, you know, I see almost 40 clients a week that people were coming in and talking about it. Like they were spending time talking about it that day, specifically on a Friday, I had people be like, Hey, can we leave 15 minutes early so we can get home? Like this was a big deal to people. And it was across ages and races and like sexual identities. And I, my six, a 60-year-old woman was telling me the same thing as like a 15-year-old boy. Granted, those are just journal statements, but that was how it felt. Like everybody was talking about it. My supervisor who doesn't watch television was talking about this show. Hell, we were cutting our podcast early so I could go watch it. Remember a few weeks ago? Yeah. yeah. And I, I know like I, I'm, I'm a mom and I'm in lots of like, I, I have many mom friends and I hung out with some of them today and we were talking about the last of us and and about the finale which again is like totally again across types of people did they see your notepad no they <laughs> didn't that yeah so i i told these guys earlier that i i had a a girl scout meeting and i had cannibalism across the uh my notepad with a question mark because you know <laughs> episode eight of the last of us spoiler alert in case we didn't say that earlier um yeah <laughs> we didn't but it should be safely assumed that we're going to speak spoilers <laughs> as we do yeah i did forget to give a warning but yeah at this point people spoilers because we are going to start jumping into some of the stuff <laughs> of the series so i want to start off with what parts do we like of the series and i'm actually going to start this one because there are parts of this series that just jumped out at me that I can't stop thinking of. And one of them is these very human-centered stories that are spread out throughout the season. And granted, the whole season is very human-centered. But I'm talking like the episode, I think it was three with Frank and Bill. Mm -hmm. yep. And seven with uh, Ellie and her friend. I can't think of her Riley. friend's name. Uh, Riley. 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 Yeah. These were such human stories that like, even when you took a pause and it wasn't furthering the story, they were so important and they were so beautiful. And I cried and mm -hmm. I don't think you see things like this from shows, especially post-apocalyptic shows like The Walking Dead. You know, you don't, The Walking Dead was really boring to me. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I got through two or three seasons. It felt like the same old thing, but there was such a focus on the zombie part of it. And this was focused on the humans, the last of us, you know, the last that were still there. And for that, I think it was much more brilliant because you could relate to these people. It's hard to relate to a zombie. But you can relate to these people who are trying to survive, who are afraid that they're going to die at any moment, that you're you're you can still find love when there's nothing but a hole that a person falls into. You know, I think that mm -hmm. this was one of the best parts of this series. And this is what I loved about it. I, I couldn't wait for those episodes. I'd say one. Two things stuck out to me. One, 
the semi-realism on how a world would be when everything goes to crap and you know like having to ration supplies finding things like the chef boyardee can that he found in that last episode <laughs> i really enjoyed that and and them being kind of conservative with bullets because you're like this is it and there's not a factory out there where i can go to academy and go buy another box of them and then i really enjoyed the flashbacks when it was when you started piecing together that it was flour that was causing everything when you noticed that sarah didn't eat the cookies or the biscuits or whatever mm -hmm. and then when that came to play out I like the science is what I'm trying to say. I really enjoyed that they spent that, what, 25 minutes in episode two with the mycologist and just got into it. And, and she's like, look, I'm going to be real with you. It's severe. Nuke the city. That's when you realize, shit, this is going to be bad. And moment, yeah. What? The moment where she asks to go home to her family, to be with them, mm -hmm. just hits that point so hard. Precisely. And then another thing I really liked was uh, Bill being a doomsday prepper because I have mm -hmm. friends like that and it made me think of them. And I'm like, whenever this hits, I know exactly where I'm headed. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What about you, Isla? You know, I think that, and I mentioned that earlier, it's just, this is such a relationship show. This is such a show where you, um, you could put yourself in, like you can imagine yourself into the situation and when you do that, I think that the emotional um, impact is so much stronger. Like you can put yourself in, I think Henry and Sam's situation and understand why he, it, they each made the choices they did. You can put yourself into, um, into Tessa's situation and understand why, why she did exactly what she did. You know, there, there are these really, um, the, there are these really human stories, like you guys said, that are very impactful. You know, along those lines, there's actually a moment in the finale with, um, right at the beginning, when we kind of got the story of um, how Ellie was born. And you got this moment of, you know, we've, we, we've seen this leader of the Fireflies be kind of hard and cold. And then you got this moment where she couldn't kill her best friend. And it, like, it took her leaving and like coming back and having to steal herself and realizing that it was more for her friend than it was for her. And I thought, I was like, this this area, this show loves to dance in that like gray area of that humans mm -hmm. aren't just good or bad and that they're they're whole and well-rounded. And that made them also relatable. I don't think there was one person that I couldn't be like, yeah, I can understand. You know, I can understand that the choices Joel made. He was hurt by losing his daughter. You know, mm -hmm. Ellie lost everything. But then at the there's those moments that you just still like, oh, they're coming together. They're, they're, they're still human. And there wasn't a focus on the zombies. And I think that, like that appeals to people like, you know, Anthony, where like zombie stories are inherently grotesque. It's, maybe yeah. it's a good way to put it. And this wasn't necessarily grotesque. They yeah. were a good device. It, it's one thing I really enjoyed that. And I know that there's a little bit of controversy on the frequency or lack of mm -hmm. frequency of the infected, but they were there when you really needed them and they felt heavy because like, mm -hmm. like we've all said, we haven't played the game, but I know some that have, and they say there's some missions where it's a little frustrating because it's overwhelming by how many you have to go through that they have to play it over and over and over to get through. And you didn't feel that sense of defeat in the show. There were times where you thought you were going to go down, but it didn't happen. 
yeah, I mentioned earlier I hadn't played the game, but I have played Left 4 Dead. And you get like super desensitized to just the swarms and hordes of zombies coming at you and an infected coming at you that I think that mm-hmm. when when you saw infected in this show, you know, you, you knew that it was real. It was serious. It was, you know, it wasn't just um, it mm-hmm. wasn't just there to to be you know, a video game television is a different, a different medium than a video game. You're not trying to get XP or try to complete a, a quest and clear a building. You're, you know, you, you're trying to get from one, um, trying to get your characters to grow. And I think they were, you know, use the zomb- the infected to, to achieve that. Oddly enough, you... this gave me a little memory of another show with Pedro Pascal and that's the Mandalorian yep. season two, episode eight, when he had to face the dark troopers, because he had trouble with just one and it felt that same way with the infected where it wasn't like, okay, one bullet, it's easy and everything. Like, no, you could tell these guys are tough. They're not easy to take down. And the weight of having to face one is absolute terror. Mm. You know, I, the episode, I think it was episode seven, maybe it was episode eight, but when um, Ellie goes off to the mall and I saw when as soon as that it was at eight. Okay. Thank you. I'm sorry. Seven, seven. Okay. I thought it was seven. Um, I watched all three this weekend so it was kind of a blur but mm-hmm. like as they're panning towards like you just see the shoe boxes that are falling and you start to hear kind of the clicking noises and stuff and i thought i actually felt dread and i actually felt yeah. nervous and i felt scared because i also knew what was coming in a way even though i didn't know what was coming and i never felt that in the walking dead i never i never felt like the oh you know they're they're so scary there was just so many of them but these ones, the moment I saw it, it was almost the same feeling as um, uh, the big bad of the last season of Stranger Things, where it's like, oh, you're you're like almost terrified because these things are dangerous. You know, they're fast, and they're and the the things come out of their mouth that are terrifying. Those little <laughs> tentacles, and they did a great job. And I think that's another thing. Speaking of other tentacles, is the production value of the CGI and the prosthetics and everything that went into um, to make this show was fantastic. The big bloater guy from one of the episodes, I actually follow him. I followed him before <laughs> on Instagram and that's all prosthetics. Wow. So like the impressiveness that they put into this, there was a lot of care and a lot of love and you could definitely see that. Since you I... mentioned it, I was going to make a note, but I remember watching episode five. That's the one you're talking about with the big bloater when Kathleen and all of them get attacked. And I remember that my grip on the chair was so strong that when it ended, I was like looking at my hand, I'm like, wow. Like I could feel the tension all the way through my arm because I was just gripping as hard. Cause when that first couple came in, I'm like, okay, this is, this is getting bad. Mm-hmm. And then the big one showed up and the rest. And I'm like, this is absolute, this is it no mm-hmm. one's making out of this alive and then somehow you know plot armor they do but then you see uh joel picking them off and even mm-hmm. then it's not enough like they were still such mm-hmm. a swarm and that's when i realized okay these guys are some serious deals like compared to what i've seen in other zombies like you said with the walking dead they weren't really that bad compared to this mm-hmm. when you know when they're all when they're all in that particular scene in that episode and the truck starts sinking into the ground, you know, my, my stomach kind of dropped out because you know, what's going to happen. You know, that there, there's this like tsunami of, of, of infected about to come. 
and change everything. And I think um, what that particular scene is also a really good one because you can really see um, Joel, you know, the, the things start to change for Joel and, you know, how mm. much he cares about Ellie coming through there um, and just how much he's trying to protect her. So I, I, I liked that for that reason as well. You know, with all these things that we're mentioning that we liked, what are, <laughs> was there anything that we didn't like? And so, Anthony, I'm going to start with you because you, I just want to, you know, sometimes you have the more objective look at things. <laughs> um, what maybe didn't you like about this series? That's funny because I haven't ta- thought too much about what I didn't <laughs> like because I liked so much of it. So give me a moment because, you know what? Isla, go ahead while I think for a minute, because I really don't have anything coming off the top of my head. You know, I, I, it, it's, it's funny that you started with, with Anthony, because I, I would say he, he definitely does, you know, have a, a, a better opinion on those things. And I, I don't know, I, I think I tend to be a little bit more rosy on things, but I, I, so take that in mind when you're hearing what I'm saying, I, I just really enjoyed it. I don't have any notes that, um, notes about the story and the show itself that I wanted something different. There are things I wanted more of. There are things that, um, you know, I, I've, I've heard some things about just the room and stuff that's kind of curious to me, but I, the show itself, I thought it was very well done and I don't have any mm-hmm. criticism. So sorry guys. You, no, it's okay. Cause I, the, th- the hard part too, is when I was thinking of these questions, and as you read some of my reviews, because I know that Vic did majority of them, and I thank you for for him to help me cover those. Um, I never once really had any complaints about any of this the series, and I felt like, man, you were such a uh, a positive spin person. But when I really tried to think of like, what would I change about this episode? What would I change about this season? The answer was nothing. And part of me thinks that maybe that was because I didn't play the game. I didn't yeah. have any preconceived notions about what was going to happen. There was nothing, you know, one of my best friends, she has played both of the games. And when I had brought up to her about episode three, and I said, I really loved episode three. Like, this is probably one of the best hours of television I've ever seen. She was like, I don't like the changes that they made to it. And she goes, and I, even though she's like, she's like, I love the story. I love what they're trying to do. But there were changes that I just, for that part of the story, didn't feel right. And so for her, that was a, it was kind of a disappointing episode. And I was like, wow, I'm glad I almost didn't play it beforehand. So I didn't have that rune for me because I don't, I, that was such a shining star for me. So I think part of it is I just didn't have that preconceived notion from the video game. And people, when they, you know, it's the same thing with books too. People will read a book and they like love the book. And then they have a lot of criticisms and complaints about the adaptations for, for either television or, or movies. And I think that's fair. Um, and I think, you know, in my case and in your case, like we, we aren't, we, we don't just don't have that baggage. We just are enjoying the story for what it is and not, you know, worried about, um, you know, if they're screwing up a part of the game that we really enjoyed. I'm sure when Fallout comes, I'm going to have a lot of thoughts about <laughs> what I want different, but, sure. you know. So I did think of something while, while you guys were giving your, and it's not even that much of a criticism. It's more like I just wanted more of something. And it was, I would have liked to see a little bit more about the formation of the fireflies because we just know okay. they exist. And, and, but it, 
it'll boil back down to what I was, I didn't add earlier when you asked what I liked. It was the realization of humanity where when the collapse of society happens in civilization, how their your own communities will form mm-hmm. because, you know, people are going to feel different ways about things without, without diving too much into it. Look how the world reacted to COVID in a sense. So in this one where there's also the aspect of infected that could kill you and come after you, I'm interested to see how we had the formation of Fedra Mm-hmm. and why people are against it and then the fireflies and you don't really get to see much of how other people perceive both of them you only see how both sides perceive one another how the fireflies feel about fedra and vice versa um, so if anything i would have liked to see just a little bit more on how the fireflies came to be how they were doing so well in recruitment and that, that I, I would have liked that that's about all I can think of. You know, what's interesting about that is I think that those formations in that story is going to be something that they explore further down the road, especially mm-hmm. because it was recently an announced, quote unquote, air quotes, by the, the showrunners that the second game is going to be adapted over multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they are going to take the Game of Thrones approach and start to elaborate differently and across time. And you're going to get more of this backstory and it's going to be rolling out. And I think that for this season, the why that would have been nice, it, it was perfect for what it was. But I think that as time grows, we need to learn more about them as, as two different like uh, entities of the world. And I think we're going to get a lot more of that as we go on. At least I hope so. I think with this season too, you know, the focus was very much on, on Ellie and, and Joel, right? We, and we didn't even learn Ellie's true backstory until the very end of the season we didn't find out you know why how she came to be and we didn't find out you know what what really happened in the mall until until we you know met riley and everything and i think Mm -hmm. that you know maybe something similar will happen with the fireflies because there's going to be fallout right because marlene is dead um that is there going to be a new leader is there going to be are they going to come after ellie you know there's going to be a lot of stuff to explore there and a lot of story still left to to tell with the fireflies oh, that finale set up a big story though that's what you're mentioning right now is spoilers for the second game that i could say right now but i don't want to yeah don't i haven't seen it so i i don't know i'm just this is totally based on the first season sure um speaking of you know we've thrown this word video game adaptation out a lot and before we get to the theories of what we think is going to happen in the future um, because none of us really know what happens in the game besides red just maybe <laughs> has a little bit of a spoiler we've had a lot of video game adaptations up to this point that maybe have been less than stellar some that have been fantastic some that are coming that we're hoping are going to be fantastic the ones that are coming to mind are you know sonic which i think is fantastic i think that these two games that these two movies have been great Laura Croft has been varying degrees of success. While I love the the Angelina Jolie ones, the the second adaptation maybe not so great. We Borderlands, Mario, God of War, Fallout. They, the the two of you I know are so excited to talk about, and we're going to be doing a future podcast <laughs> on. But like, where do we think that like this ranks in video game adaptation wise compared to other ones? And like, do we have hopes for some of the the ones that are maybe going to be rolling out from um, PlayStation? HBO, 
Amazon, because I believe that's where Fallout's coming out. Yeah. I want to know your thoughts. We're going to start with you, Ayla. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I haven't seen a lot of video game adaptations that I've, that I guess I've played, and that's probably bad to admit. Um, I, I, I just really enjoyed this. I've, it was a really good story and I just, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Okay. That's not helpful, but yeah. No, no, no. I think it's fine. Um, Anthony, what about you? Well, this was easily one of the finest pieces of television I've seen mm -hmm. in the past few months. So this thing is easily going to just shoot up to the top of video game adaptations in general. But I mean, even if I didn't know it was part of a video game, it was just one of the best TV shows I've seen yeah. in a long damn time. So I'm quite impressed, um, which I feel really bad for all the future productions coming out because they set such a high bar. Absolutely. But here's the thing that Last of Us had. Before this show was even announced, I've always heard about the writing of the game being stellar, just amazing. And they proved it by, by bringing it to the screen in this manner. They showed that story was so good and needed to be adapted. Like when, when, when it was going into trailers are coming out, I was like, it looks good. Like visually it looks good. Interesting. But I'm seeing people freaking out. I'm like, what is it? They're like, most people were saying it's one of the best video games I've ever played. You know, like it's, it's definitely worth a try. I'm like, okay. But, and I'm, I'm glad you like Sonic. I, had some issues with it mostly the fact that they were focusing on the humans not sonic himself but i'm a little concerned for everybody else because god damn did they really set the bar so high that i how I do you compete mm -hmm. i'm just like what are you gonna do that could come close to this like a movie is hardly enough to do and fallout's going to be a tv show mm -hmm. that we know nothing about so far we know very little i mean we've so, seen pictures that there have been set pictures that have kind of been out and people have started to sort of piece together some of um, some of the locations and things which kind of give hint to the story but like we don't we don't even know but it's we, a little different because with like yeah. fallout it's a role-playing game so mm -hmm. you 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 know you put yourself in the shoes you're not playing ellie or right. joel you're playing you know whatever you want to name yourself and you make the decisions <laughs> and stuff so that's what's going to make it a little bit tougher for fallout I, the strength of the writing going into this show was just, man, my mind it is was, still blown. There's like no reason that it should be this good. No, I'm just kidding. But it's really, really good. And I was, I was absolutely mind blown every single week. You know, yes. I was looking forward to getting it in my mailbox. Um, and I think that speaks to not just the the the, the talent of Pedro Pascal, but also Bella Ramsey is fantastic and she was fantastic back in um game of thrones game of thrones mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they were they were top notch mm -hmm. back then and i just i forgot they both came from game of thrones yeah in a way. they did um but i think that a lot of fantastic work they earned their place in being one of the best tv shows on television right now and I, I hope it keeps up with season two. We haven't just... said it yet. No, go ahead. We haven't said it yet, but I want to say that I think every single role that was cast was played to near perfection. And another note is 
oh my God, do Ashley Johnson and Bella mm-hmm. Ramsey, I could totally see the mother-daughter thing. Like they look alike. They did so good in that. And to see Ashley Johnson get a little call out in the last episode was fantastic. For those who don't know, she was the one that portrayed Ellie in the games. I was very confused at first with that because again, I, I hadn't played the games and I thought that because they look so similar and they sound so similar, I thought that, okay, there's another time jump because, you know, they're in these little time jumps mm-hmm. but while they're traveling. So we don't just, you know, slog through the wilderness. Um, I thought, okay, there's a time jump. She's pregnant and she's about to have a kid because they just, they're so similar. Um, so that was cool. No, I was blown away because I knew Ashley Johnson was coming. I've been, I've loved Ashley Johnson for, a long time she was on growing pains back in the day if nobody knows that <laughs> she's also from critical role which we know here at the cosmic circus love um vox machina so but like when they showed her and i was like i did not notice until i saw her come on the screen i was like that looks like bella ramsey and like that was the first thought i had and i was so stuck on that for probably the whole time she was on screen that I was just like, wow, I never realized how much they look alike. You know, you know what, what blew my mind though, just like a little side note, you know how they have the little bits after the episode where they have the interviews. Mm-hmm. I had no idea Bella Ramsey was English. Her American mm-hmm. accent is so convincing. I was like, okay, you know, but <laughs> when I was, when I heard Bella's actual accent, I'm like, wow you are really good huh really talented she puts tom holland's accent to uh to shame hey everybody (laughs) um so before we wrap up because we don't have any questions today we forgot to ask sorry listeners (laughs) we will ask next time i promise but i want to know without spoiling too much what theories we have for the next season and actually no we could talk about spoilers i was going to give them a spoiler warning let me let me do one <laughs> my thing I'm is put my I, hands over my ears <laughs> <laughs> um they are not my, my my first one is that anybody who thinks that they are faithfully going to adapt game two is wrong because they are not getting rid of pedro pascal like the way they did in the game and i'm gonna let anthony go ahead and say that one <laughs> Oh, that's not the one I was going to say. Oh, no, no, no. What I was going to say is that the decisions that Joel made at the end in that final episode, they're definitely going to come back and bite him in the butt. He didn't just shoot just anybody. Think about it. He took out a very talented Mm. surgeon. There's your spoiler with nothing else. Well, there. So there's decisions. So, you know, there there's what it has to do with the plot. So, you know, there are obviously things that are going to happen with with the surgeon, which I can kind of guess where where things are going with that um and how we'll revisit that there's marlene there there's other stuff but you know the whole part of the arc of the season was uh joel and ellie kind of earning this relationship you know this this kind of um this friendship and he all right lies to her now you can argue whether or not he's justified or, or it's defensible that he's lying to her but i'm assuming there's going to be some fallout from that there's going to be some things that um you know they're they're gonna maybe go their separate ways for a little bit um because of that because it would be boring if they were just great friends forever right we watch television because we want to see that their characters grow the relationships that that tension so that's what i'm guessing and i think going you know 
people are assuming that something that happens in the beginning of the second game is definitely going to influence how this game starts. Again, I'm just going to say it because we already had a spoiler warning. Joel dies very early on in the second game. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Ayla. No, I mean, I, I I was on Reddit. I saw uh, that the, people The thing is, she doesn't know it. who does it. That's, right. That's right. Dun, dun, dun. I'm going to we'll look it that. up right now and ruin it but, all. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, is that and I, I had this discussion in one of the discords that we're in, that people who think that they're going to adapt that very soon in the second season need to remember that HBO is a business and mm-hmm. they are getting viewers based off of Pedro Pascal. His they are power. not, yeah, they're not going to kill him off anytime soon. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't, it might happen at the end of season three, but they want to take him for as long as he can. And he doesn't want to give that up. He loves this show. He yeah. was one of the champions of this series. He's not going anywhere. And if you think that he is, I'm sorry to, to burst your bubble. He's not. Um, and, I'm going to regret this in two years when season two comes out. Right. <laughs> do we have time for that one thing I mentioned in the pre-show? We always have time. Give okay. So the thing I was mentioning before is, um, it, this may have been a misunderstanding on my part, but that there was a chance that the cure, not that it was a farce, but that they were going to fail. So losing Ellie would have been for nothing. And that Joel mm-hmm. ultimately did the right decision because the Fireflyers didn't exactly know what they were doing. Um, and this may have just been a fever dream of mine, but it's maybe I I understood it that they had tried before in the past and had failed. So what do y'all think? Do y'all think they were actually going to make a cure? Or like, do you think they would have succeeded, I guess, is my question. I think Marlene said that they had, I think your understanding was correct. Marlene said that there had been many attempts at, at a vaccine or a cure or, so, or something to fix the infected and protect everyone else. And, you know, there, there's like snake oil. There's a lot of, um, a lot of false peddling of hope there. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was part of why the fact that she believed in Ellie was so um, like, so convincing to folks that, that she was the real deal. Um, yeah. No, I think that there's definitely truth to that. I think the one thing that comes to mind, though, is that if Marlene did not believe that there was a chance, I don't think she would have given up her best friend's daughter. Right. So I think that part of her truly believed that or wanted to believe it. But it was also a very selfish move. It was a selfish game. Um, They didn't even ask her. They just grabbed Ellie, drugged her, and they're like, all right, we got it, you know, like, you could tell right there where Joel woke up in the hospital. Where is she? Like there was no consent on Ellie's part, even if in her head she had wanted to do it. Do you think mm-hmm. Ellie would have gone through if she know, knew she would die from it? In some ways, it kind of parallels that opening in the pilot with Fedra, where Fedra has the kid come in and they lie to the kid. They, they test him. They, you know, he he's infected and they say he's going to get all the toys he wants. Life's going to be great. And they, they said something like the fireflies said something to Ellie, essentially Mm -hmm. that, you know, things were going to be wonderful. She'd come out of this and, you know, the fireflies are kind of showing they're not necessarily better than better in that way. No, absolutely not. Good observation. And I think that Part of Ellie probably would have done it anyways. And I say that because she, even though she was scared and she was snotty and she was a teenager, she wanted what was best for the world. And she had already lost so much. I think she would have given up everything just to do it. But you're right. She she didn't get a say in it. 
and they just they just did it without her and i loved i knew exactly what's going to happen i was like jill's going to stand up and, and save her because he really truly realized that that was his his new daughter and i think ellie needed that i think ellie needed her family but i think if if push came to shove ellie would have given it up I was going to say, I'd agree up until about episode six when she tried to, say, you know, help Sam out. I'd say by then, once she got like the establishment of relationship with other people, and then she got that close to Joel, that at that point, she would probably prefer to just live because she already kind of tried. Well, Joel didn't really give her the option to consent either, right? He just, you know, there is that moment where he wants her to stop he wants her to like they, he says we can just go back to to my brother live and forget all about this and she says no she's got to do the right thing but he doesn't give her that option again when um at the very end when he's spinning the tale about the fireflies instead of telling her the truth right. about what happened he's right. he's lying to her and yep. i think you know again that's he's not allowing her to make her own decision about that so truthfully, he's not any better than the Fireflies. I think we'll have that explored in next season. I hope we will. I think it's coming. I think we just, <laughs> we got to be patient for whenever that season comes. Um, we are running out of time, as always, because we like to talk. Um, but I'm so excited that we got to have this chat. And I can't wait to continue this conversation with all of you listeners um, on our Twitter social media and in our discord so please follow us um at uh my cosmic circus and on our podcast twitter which is um I, it's the cosmic cosmic podcasts i believe okay. and the cosmic circus.com and the cosmic circus.com we always we can read the breakdowns of each episode masterfully done by Vic and by brian where can people find you guys too like individually well, you can always find me on Twitter at at Kitson301. Um, and you can always find my articles on the Cosmic Circus because they come out quite frequently. <laughs> <laughs> this is Anthony Flagg. You can find me at Rodova underscore. And I'm always hanging out at the Discord, ready to chat about anything. And I'll add mine in there. I'm Isla Ruby, and you can find me at T-U-L-I-N Writes on Twitter. Thank you so much, listeners, for joining us in this episode. Um, we cannot wait for our next journey through the cosmos with you.